0: Welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kono Man. Well, well, Kodo Cinema has reached another milestone. This is episode 145. I mean, just recently I just hit 144, but now this is 145. Or, I mean, this is episode 145 as a whole. For the entirety of Kodo Cinema, and I am very excited about this because I got an episode that I'm excited to talk about. In fact, I like to dedicate this episode to my to my parents. And this this movie I'm going to talk about is one of their favorite movies, and they have re- and they have saw this and it and they have seen this movie in theaters. So, mom, dad. This recording is for you. And the movie that I'm going to talk about is none other than Walt Disney's Beauty and the Beast. So, yes, I will be talking about Beauty and the Beast. And this will be from, this is basically the 1991 animated classic. So I'll talk about a flash in the past. So we're going to talk about an animated classic. To start off, to give to, just to give my background, uh, *Beauty and the Beast* is actually one of my uh, favorite favorite Disney animated movies. Although well, I wouldn't say it's it's my favorite Disney animated movie of all time, it is actually one of my favorite Disney animated movies. However, Be- *Beauty and the Beast* is my is one of my parents. Fa- it, it, it is a uh, favorite to to my parents. Well, one of their favorites, I should say. In fact, my uh, mom and dad went to see this, and the rest was history. So, yeah. Now, just to give in the uh, background of the movie as a whole, Beauty and the Beast is the 30th Disney animated feature film and the third released during the Disney Renaissance period. And um, this was following in the footsteps of The Little Mermaid and The Rescuers Down Under. The film itself is based on, a, on the 1756 fairy tale of the same name by Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont, who was only credited in the French version, while also containing ideas from the 1946 French film of the same name, directed by John Cocteau. The film was directed by Gary Trosdale and Kirk Wise in their feature directorial debuts, and was produced by Don Hahn, From a screenplay by Linda Wolverton. Besides the screenplay. There were also a lot of people. Involved with the story. And uh, there were a lot of people. So just to name a few. Brenda Chapman. Chris Sanders. Joe Rampt, And Kelly Asbury. Among many other writers. Were involved with the story. For Beauty and the Beast. And just to mention the names again brenda chapman chris sanders joe ramp and kelly asbury there are one of the few main writers and animators who actually got their start with disney so that that is really so, so that is really something right there and they will later go on to um to write direct and animate and animate future disney movies as well and and of course Write, direct, and animate other other movies outside of Disney as well. So that so that is something to say right there too. Now, just to go into the plot of the film, *Beauty and the Beast* focuses on the relationship between the Beast, a prince who is magically transformed into a monster and his servants into a household in, into household objects as punishment for his arrogance, and Belle, a young woman whom he imprisons in his castle in exchange for her father's freedom. And, of course, the, the beast was the beast is basically cursed, so in order to break the curse, the beast must learn to love Belle and earn her love in return before the last petal falls from an enchanted rose, or else he will remain a monster forever. The film also features the, the voices of Richard White, Jerry, Jerry Orbach, David Ogden Steers, and Angela Lansbury, with the, with the two main leads, Paige O'Hara and Robbie Benson. As I mentioned, the film came out in 1991. It was actually released in the United States on November 22nd, 1991. Here's a, here's a little fun fact. Walt Disney first attempted to adapt Beauty and the Beast into an animated movie during the 1930s and 1950s, but was unsuccessful. Following the success of The Little Mermaid, Walt Disney Pictures decided to adapt the fairy tale with which Richard which Richard Pardom originally conceived as a non-musical period drama. Unfortunately, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was one of the who was one of the who was one of the chairmen over at Disney, did not like did not like the test reel, so he scrapped the original idea in order that the film to be a to be a musical, which is ba- which was basically the similar idea that they did to the, Little Mer- to the Little Mermaid. Of course, the music was written by Alan Makin, with Howard Ashman write- writing the lyrics. Also, this is one of Beauty and the Beast is one of the last movies that Howard Ashman wrote for because Howard Ashman, who not only served as the film's executive producer, but he- but he also passed away pa- passed away. Due to, to AIDS-related complications, six months before the film's release, and the film is dedicated in his memory. Once the film premiered, it it became a huge success. It became a huge success. The film grossed the film grossed three hundred thirty-one million dollars at the box office worldwide on a twenty-five million dollar budget and received widespread critical acclaim for its romantic narrative, animation characters, and musical numbers, and of course, the ballroom sequence, which, which features the main song, Beauty and the Beast. The film was, nominate, was nominated for several awards, and it also became the first animated film to be nominated for, for a Best Picture nomination at the 64th Academy Awards. I'm not making this up. Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture, and it became the first animated film. This is, I'm not just talking about Disney. An animated, full-feature animated film that from a, from a major studio to be nominated for Best Picture. Now, that is something right there. Although, unfortunately, the film will lose out to The Silence of the Lambs, which is another good movie that also came out in 1991. However, the film won the Academy Award for Best Original Score and, of course, Best Original Song. For its title song, which of course is "Beauty and the Beast," and of course it received additional nominations for Best Original Song as well, including Best Sound as well. Of course, with the film's success, I mean, it spawned it spawned many se- it spawned many sequels, and of course, um, and of course, a live action re- a live action remake that came out in 2017, which was directed by Bill Condon, which is which is which is a which is a remake that I also liked. Sure, yes, I mean the live action remake does have its fair share of problems, but but I still love that remake. The live action Beauty and the Beast remake that Disney did back in 2017 was also one of the film is also one of the few Disney live action remakes that I actually enjoyed as as well. Okay, so anyway, now just to now just to give it my own take, I I I, I watch I started to watch Beauty and the Beast when I was very when I was very little and this was at the time and th- that was when I was still in um, elementary school I started to watch this movie al- along with other Disney classics as well along with other Disney classics as well so and so and it was some and it was really good I really and I really enjoyed it although growing although growing up I started to like it more and more and understand what, what's going on what's going on in the movie but then of course diving into what what was being shown in the movie it is really it it really does hold up. And what I didn't really know and what I didn't notice about this movie was it actually it, it now it it not only features some of the actors that I didn't recognize but when I was little but growing but growing up I recognize them now. But also the um the anime but also but also like the ballroom sequence as well. Like I noticed that like what I didn't realize that the ballroom sequence They actually use CGI and I'm not even kidding. See, they actually use CGI for the ballroom sequence with a mix of traditional animation as well. So that is very impressive right there. So anyway, I've already mentioned like the casting, but you're probably wondering who, what characters, who, who, who plays what, like who plays what. So anyway, just to break down the cast again, but this time the characters. Paige O'Hara voices Belle. Robbie Benson voices the Beast. Richard White plays Ga- Gaston. Jerry Orbach as Lumiere. David Ogden Steers as Cog as Cogsworth. And then Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Potts. And of course we got Bradley Pierce as Mrs. Potts' son, Chip, the little teak, the little teacup. And those are a few. Na- and those are a few names to mention. Ma- those are a few names to mention. So now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go break down this movie. So. So let's so it's time to go back. So let's do a little bit of a flash in the past and time to break down a tale that is old as time. This is Beauty and the Beast. The film opens up with Once Upon a Time since um since Beauty and the Beast is based on a fairy tale of the same name. So and of course, you know it's always gonna open up with Once Upon a Time. And this and basically the narration for the opening is is done by David Ogden Steers. Also, fun fact. Um David Ogden Steers wasn't the, was not the original actor for Cogsworth. The original actor, uh, John Cleese, was one of the original actors who's going to voice Cogsworth. Cogsworth is basically the clock. It's, bas- it's basically the clock in this movie. Unfortunately, John Cleese turned it down to voice uh, Cat R. Wall in in an in American Tale Five Goes West, which also which also came which also came out in a similar time to. Uh, to viewing the beast so anyway david Ogden steers voices cogsworth and the narrator so he so he brings so he basically tell he basically opens up telling the story of the prince basically the prince has uh, everything that he can ever imagine but at the same time the prince is spoiled selfish and unkind and and then then later on then later on in the story on a on a stormy night the prince meets um, meets an old, an old beggar woman who visits the castle and offers an enchanted rose to a, to to the to the prince in exchange for a shelter from from the storm. Although although the the the, 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 the beggar woman tells tells the prince do not be deceived do not be deceived by uh, old looks. But of course the, the prince being a um, being a self being a self being a selfish selfish as he is. He refused, he refused and, tur- and turns the woman away. However, later on, she reveals her identity as an enchantress. So, and to the princess, and to the surprise of the prince, he tries to beg her, he, he tries to beg for forgiveness. Unfortunately, it was too late. And and the, the enchantress transforms the prince into a beast and his servants into household objects. And of course, the curse was put, hold on to the castle, so the castle was basically so the castle was once a beautiful, elegant, a beautiful, elegant castle into a to an eerie, gloomy, spooky castle. Well, on the outside it may seem pretty cool, but on the inside, oh trust, oh trust, oh trust me, it is pretty spooky in there. Well for for the film, I should say. So then, so then the so basically the prince is basically a beast. And and the Enchantress warns the prince that the spell will only be broken if he learns to love another and be loved in return before the last petal falls. And, of course, the rose is basically the uh, magic rose that is being kept inside a glass dome. And then, and then what was also left is a magic mirror, like a magic handheld uh, mirror, and that's, like, the only location that the beast could basically, you know, like, like see. That, that's the only location for the beast to, like, Look and see. So basically, it's like asking the mirror to show me this, show me that, uh, show me location, show me the other location, and there, and therefore, and I, and and then, and then I do like, I do love how how the narrator ends this last quote. Like, but who will love? But who will ever learn to love a beast? That that's like that's a very good question. Who would ever learn to love a beast? Like that is a very good question. And then several years later, we, we get the title, we get the film's title, Beauty and the Beast. In a nearby village, which is basically out in the countryside, we see a we see a young girl named Belle, and and she's being voiced by Paige O'Hara. Fun fact: Paige O'Hara is a very good singer, and and of course got her start on Broadway as well. So so there's a little some so there's a little something right there because the, the because this next scene is basically a musical number although it is it in my opinion it does go down to different names, but for those but well, for those of you who know for the opening scene for Belle is basically Belle's theme. Just to just to say just to just to let, just to let you all know. And then of course, of course the musical number for Belle's theme is very good. It gives the audience an idea of who of who Belle of who Belle is, what, what Belle is doing. She's basically walking walking into town, going to uh Going to a library to check out a book because Belle it Belle likes books. She is very interested in reading books. And hey, and, and hey, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. Although of course the the town spoke the whole the town spoke is basically wondering what's up with Belle. What's with what's with Belle reading a book? What's what's the, what's the point of that? Although it's very unclear. it's very unclear. But I guess you can probably figure that figure that out. That hey Belle likes to read books. But of course, the musical number keeps going on and on. I mean, this is because, well, you have Alan Menken and Howard Ashman doing music, and they do a fantastic job with this, with with the musical number for that. So then later, so then later on, uh, Bell later on Bell runs into runs into a handsome looking fellow named Gaston. Gaston is voiced by Richard White, and Gaston is basically. Gaston, is basically the the Disney villain for for this movie. Gaston's a narcissist, is basically a narcissist and a hunter who wants to marry Belle because of her beauty. Hey, they didn't call, hey, didn't call the title Beauty and the Beast for nothing. Belle denies uh, Gaston's uh, <laughs> proposal, I should say, not only once but twice. But for once, Belle's like, come, on, like, come on, Gaston. I mean, I don't want, look, I don't want to. But Gaston is so. But Gaston is so like, he, he's basically he's basically lustful, and he, and Gaston's got that lust for Belle, for for some reason, and he's got that bit of a wrath too. Mostly somewhere in the some mostly in the end, you'll probably figure it, you'll probably figure it out, yeah. Of course, uh, of course Gaston's got a little sidekick named LaFue, who's basically the comic who's basically one of the few comic relief sidekicks in this movie, <laughs> and. And fun fact, his, his his French name is known for the madman, and of course, um, and is also a play, is basically a play on, and is a play, basically a play on words for the fool, which probably explains why LeFou, the fool, <laughs> LeFou is being voiced by Jesse Corti, and I'll be honest with you, I mean, as, as and, I, and I'll be honest with you. LeFou is probably my, uh, probably one of my favorite, uh, fun, favorite side villain characters in this movie because LeFou is basically one of those, like, little, uh, little, little side, little villain side kids that gets, you know, probably gets, gets a lot of funny moments and foolish moments too, if you know, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man. Oh man, like when he's when like when Lafour is basically striking up the band, like when he strikes up the band, Gaston literally shuts him up with a tuba. <laughs> it's just funny, man. <laughs> it's so funny because food strikes up the band so so early, strikes up the band too early that Gaston has to has to shut him up with a tuba. Oh my, goodness. it's just it's funny. It's just funny if you know. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite LeFou moments when he gets when he gets shot out by a tuba <laughs> okay so anyway um Belle also meets up with her father who is basically working on what looks to be a Rube Goldberg experiment of like basically chopping off fire of knowing how to chop out firewood which actually um which actually worked which actually works out pretty well and and it's also basically, and also basically leads up to well, basically, basically, um, well, basically, Bell's father Maurice, being played by Rex Everhart, basically Bell's father is an inventor, which explains why he built that uh, experiment. And he's basically, he's basically like a, um, he's basically insane for crafting devices believed believed possible to construct in reality. But but thankfully, uh, his daughter Belle believes he will be famous one day. And hey, sometimes you gotta keep on believing, if you know what I'm saying? So Maurice's experiment, as I as I probably mentioned, is basically an experiment that can chop up firewood. He he was able to get it. He was able to get it to work. And um, he goes to what basically he goes to an he goes on route to a fair to showcase his latest invention. Which is basically, which is basically called an automatic wood chopper. Although, although I forgot, although to be fair, I forgot what the experiment was. But as I just mentioned, it's basically an automatic wood chopper. And then later on, Maurice gets lost in the forest and gets lost in the forest. He struggles at first to get to the fair, but unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, he gets into trouble by uh, almost falling off a by almost falling off a cliff. And then a pack of wolves almost attack, basically comes in to attack comes in to a, to attack the uh, Maurice and his horse. Although unfortunately the whole the the, the horse runs away, runs away with Maurice's invention and Maurice is left all alone in the forest. But Maurice gets chased by a pack of wolves and then he was able to find um, to find a castle gate to which he was able to get in safe. He was able to get in safely while also losing his hat. And what he sees. Is the beast's castle, and of of course, what he doesn't know is that the beast lives inside the cast. The beast lives inside the castle, and I'll be honest with you, like like the castle, like as I mentioned, the castle is while the castle is beautiful on on the outside, but on the inside, once Maurice goes inside, it's still it's still beautiful, but at the same time, knowing that the curse was being put in, it is creepy and haunting as well. And then, of course. um, Breweries goes inside just to just just to get warm warm and dried up because it was also raining outside. He noticed he he sees all the inanimate all the inanimate objects and and then of course he sees the the, the candlelight he sees the candlelight and and then the clock and then like and then and then this and then the clock and as I meant, and then and then th- their names were basically Lumiere Lumiere and Cogsworth and as I mentioned Cogsworth is being played by David Ogden Steers. While Lumiere is being is is played by uh, Jerry Orbach, who is based, and who Lumiere is basically the kind-hearted but rebellious French-accented of the Beast's castle, who has been transported into candelabra or candle, I should say. I mean, or a candelabra, but, but candle also works too. And then he's got, he's got, he's got, he has a long history of disobeying his master's strict rules and sometimes causing tension between them. So, so anyway, um, Maurice uh, plays around with Lumiere and and Cogsworth because he doesn't know, because he doesn't know what's going on inside this castle. Like, what's the point? What's going on inside this castle? Why is he talking to inanimate objects? Why is he talking to a candelabra? Why is he talking to a clock? A mantle clock, I should say. What's what's going up? What's up with that? Although, of course, Lumiere, being kind-hearted, he brings Maurice over to over to the fireplace just to get warm. And then, and then, Cogsworth tries he Cogsworth tries to warn um warn Lumiere that the master does not like it. Okay, for those of you who are probably wondering, who's the master? Who's the master? Although you'll probably find out right away who I'm. Although you'll probably find out right away who I'm referring to. And then of course, uh, for those who have not seen the movie, watch the movie and find out. You'll probably know. Lumiere has um, Marie sit down in a chair, and then we got we get a little. Well, we get a, we get a little, and then of course we get Mrs. Potts coming in with a with a fresh pot of tea. Of course, of course Mrs. Potts this is basically a teapot, and then Mrs. Potts has a son named Chip. Chip is the little uh, teacup by the way and and maurice and of course maurice introduces himself to well well, technically chip but but only for a brief moment until the door opens blowing out the fireplace and what we see and what we see is the master himself and um and the master himself is none other than the beast who is being voiced by robbie benson and just to go off topic for a second um Rob, Robbie Benson was a, was not the original Robbie Benson Robbie Benson wasn't the only cast member to play the Beast. Other cast members included uh Lawrence Fishburne, Mandy Patinkin, and Val Kilmer. I mean, those those were the three those were the first three choices until Robbie Benson came in to voice the Beast. Lawrence Fishburne, Val Kilmer, and Mandy Patinkin those are pretty good choices. Those are some pretty interesting choices. Although I think Robbie Benson pulls it off very well to uh, voice of the Beast. Like he comes in, he comes in that room, scaring everybody. Everybody in that room is trying to help Maurice. Maurice is also petrified and scared to know what's to like. Know who who's this? Who is this? De- who is who? Who is this monster coming in? Who's this demon? And you hear it from the voice, the voice from Robbie Benson. He sounds like an actual animal, like not just an, well, actually not just an animal, but a literal monster as well. And, of course, uh, Lumiere tries to let, the, uh, tries to tell the beast. Lumiere's like, a uh, monster, uh, this gentleman, he was lost in the woods. And then the beast roars, it roars at him. He doesn't want to hear about it. Cogsworth tries to explain, tries to stop Lumiere. But Bill, of course, he he get although he roars at Cogsworth as well. Until the Beast finds Maurice sitting in the chair, and the Beast was like, in in an angry fashion, he 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 asked the Beast, "Who are you? What are you doing in this castle?" Like, like the Beast thinks that Maurice is a stranger, or 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 which who now who is basically turned into a prisoner. I mean, Maurice meant no harm. He was just trying to find a place to stay for the night and then of course the beast is like oh i'll give you a place to stay then the beast takes maurice up to a prison cell in at the at the top of the at the top of the tower what really adds to the what really adds to the tension is the music from alan macon like it is really haunting like he adds a haunting theme to it most most probably from like from the brass section and then it really ends with the with the beast closing the door and, and the music literally tones down. And it really ends emotionally and abruptly, like like once he closes the once the beast closes the door as he brings Maurice up to the tower. Of course, later on in the movie, I did mention pretty briefly that um, Gaston tries to marry, marry Belle. Although, of course, he throws what looks to be an engagement part an engagement party just to impress Belle. And, and Belle, Belle doesn't take that. She she doesn't even take it. Like, come on. I mean, do you think Belle's going to say yes to that? Like, Belle, Belle denies the, the wedding, the wedding engagement. And, and to top it all, and then the top it all, and then the top it all off, Lafu was able to bring on the music. Da 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 And he does that. Well, he does that twice. But the second time he does it was once um, once Bell opens the door and sends Gaston flying into what looks to be a what looks to be a mud pit or something. And then Lafu, and then Lafu was like, "So, how'd it go? Not too well." Gaston just literally throws LeFou into the, into the muddy pit, and then uh, LeFou is basically sitting with <laughs> basically LeFou is sitting with a, is is basically in the muddy pit with an actual pig, and then LeFou just ends this like just basically saying "touchy," and then the pig was like, Oh well, that scene explains that ca- that scene says it all." So then later on, Belle finds uh, Maurice's horse coming back with the event with the invention. With, with the invention and she decides to venture she decides to venture out in search for her father and she finds the the beast's castle so she goes so she goes in she, she goes in wandering around until she goes all the way up to all the way up to the top of the tower and she was able to find her father Maurice unfortunately what she doesn't know is that somebody else, is up in that tower with them. And that would be the master himself, the beast. So the beast comes, so the beast comes in, scares Belle. She's wondering she's all she's wondering what's going on. Who am I talking to? Who 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 is who is this person I'm talking to? Well, the beast the beast introduces himself as the master of this castle. Now, what I really like about that scene is 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 the light is the lightning technique? Sure, it's a traditional animated movie, but at the same time they were able to use some special effects and light and good lightning tricks to it. Like the beast is in shadow. He's in he's base he's in the shadows while Belle is in the light. Like it shows you that you're seeing Belle, but you're not seeing the beast as much. Although you do see the beast. I mean, while you do see the beast, but very. But but rarely you don't really see him as much until he steps into the light. But before that, um, Belle begs the Beast to let to um to let the just to like ex to make a trade like to let Maurice go like like she like she wants like she's wondering why did why Maurice is up there like but the Beast tells him like. Well, your fa- like the father should not have it and this should not have trespassed in this castle. But Belle bet tells the beast that the, her father could die because her father is ice cold. Like his hands are cold. He's not. Even, he's not even warm because he's up in this very cold tower in a prison cell. Like he's cold. He's cold as ice. Until then, a uh, Bell Belle decides to. Bell decides to throw herself into into the into the fire and says, "Well, why don't you make a trade? Why don't you take me instead?" And then the Beast was like, "You?" And then this gets to a moment where the Beast, like, he realizes that he's that she is making a decision. Like the Beast notices something's up. Like she, like he realizes that this is a decision. And the Beast was like, "Wait, you would take his place?" Like. He's like, he's like, it sounds like a decision he's making. Like, like you can hear the tone of the beast. Like he goes from like a, a grumpy, from a grumpy master to what looks to be a um, to, looks to someone who, who almost feels remorseful. Like he really wants to like, like, wait a minute. So you're telling me you want to make, you want to take his place. But, but the thing is. Belle's father begs Belle, "Don't do this. Look, look, don't do this. You don't know what you're doing." And then and then of course this it finishes off with uh, the beast telling uh, uh Belle, "Look, I will make this deal, but you will promise to, to stay here forever." And then this next part comes in It's basically Belle asking the beast to come into the light. The beast comes into the light and the music builds and the music from Alan Macon builds up. To the reveal that the beast is an actual monster, Belle is shocked. She is scared straight off. Like she she sees a literal monster. She just made a deal with the devil. Well, sort not really, but if you know what I'm saying, this it's like like if you really think about it, it's like she just made a deal with the devil, knowing that she sacrificed she sacrificing herself to save her father, and of course the the. The, the deal has been made, and this brings Bell this brings Bell into tears. She literally cries, knowing the fact that she just made a decision to save her fa- to save her father. But although unfortunately the the, the beast uh, takes um, Bell's father Maurice out of the prison cell. I mean, Bell tries to say to, tries to say goodbye, but unfortunately that get, that gets cut off because the beast. Uh, drags Maurice out of the ca- out of the, out of the prison cell out of the castle into a what looks to be a uh, weird carriage that that literally uh, that that can that automatically takes Maurice into the into the village. What is up with that carriage that that the that the beast had? I'm trying to figure out what is up with that carriage. I mean, that's just a little I mean this is a little nitpick right there. Like what is up with that carriage? Did it used to, did it, was it, was it really futuristic or did it really go by itself? I mean, sure. Yeah, it did. Sure. Yeah, it did. Once the castle was, once the castle was cursed, but what about, what was it like before it was cursed? I don't really know. So anyway, the beast comes back up to the cell and then Belle tells the beast like he didn't, he, that she didn't get this, get a chance to say goodbye. And this also leads to another moment where the beast feels remorseful too. like. He just realized that the spell may never see her father again, and that's really sad. That is sad. Do you realize how sad that is? Knowing the fact that you lose, like, losing a, a family member like that, you never get a chance to uh, say goodbye. That is really, that's upsetting. And and you see that in the in the in the eyes of the beast. Like he realizes that. Oh shoot! He, he like um. Oh. He he realizes that. What have I done? He just realized what he did. I mean, sure, yeah, he was able to spare uh, Marisa's life, but he didn't realize—he didn't think that Bell would never say goodbye to her father. That is upsetting. So the Beast, with with a little bit of heart, he was able to take Bell to uh, to to a very warm bedroom, and while while going there, Bell sees 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 a little bit more of the castle, like. Like, she's still scared. She is scared straight up. Like, she notices that this is, this, this castle used to be beautiful, but now it's haunting, eerie, spooky, and, and demonizing, too. Like, you, you see a bit of it, you see some statues of demons out there, too. And then, and then, and then for a moment, she even, she even, she even, a tear drops out of Belle. Like, she is upset. Like she, she just lost her father, but 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 the Beast and Lumiere like Beast takes Lumiere along with along for the for the journey like, um Lumiere tries to tell the tells the Beast to like you know say something to her and then the Beast is like well I uh hope you like it here and then Lumiere is like come on keep going and then <laughs> the Beast uh the Beast continues on well the castle is your own home so you can go anywhere you want except for the west wing. And then Belle was like what's in the west wing and then Beast is like it's forbidden. So then later on the Beast was able to um, send Belle into her, into her room and once that is all, all done like of course she she's still upset. She she cries because like I said like she's she's in she is she just lost her father. Like and um, she just lost her father at the moment. Because of what because of the because of the deal that she made. and it is very heartbreaking too, but it was a sacrifice that she made. She made the ultimate sacrifice. and then she made the ult- she made that ultimate sacrifice. She saved her father's life, even though it's it, even though she may never see her father again. And then later on in the and then of course, later on, the movie. We we cut to a we cut to what looks to be a saloon, what was basically a saloon and we see Gaston in envy and a little bit of wrath. Like, why would Belle deny my uh why would Belle deny the wedding engagement? No one says no to Gaston. And then of course he is so angry he takes he takes he takes he takes the monks of beer from LeFu and throws it into the fireplace <laughs> and then and then, uh, LeFou is like, uh more beer, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to laugh at that. And then Gaston's like, Gaston's like, "What? Who are you kidding? Nothing's gonna make me happy." And then, of course, this actually leads up to probably um, one of the best villain songs, one of the best villain songs in this movie, which is basically Gaston's theme. And LeFou sings it pretty well. And then, like, LeFou tries to cheer up Gaston. And it's pretty funny, too, how he takes all the beating as well. It's like, he's like, oh, come on, Gaston. Oh, come on, Gaston. Cheer up. There's plenty of women out there. And then, you, I mean, the, the song from Alan Menken and, and Howard Ashman is pretty good. It, it adds a little, it adds that charm and humor to, to it for Gaston's song. And especially... Because, because part of the song is basically about Gaston. It's like saying, no one, punch like Gaston. No one, no one sleeps like Gaston. No one does this like Gaston. No one, no, no one shoots this like Gaston. I mean, like the lyrics, you, the most of the lyrics you hear in, uh, in Gaston's theme is basically like, um, Gaston, like Gaston does, nobody does, does it like Gaston. Nobody does this like Gaston. No one no one does this or that if you know what i'm saying <laughs> it adds to the overall charm and humor but given the fact that part of basically does give into the fact that gaston who is basically a hunter as well he is still pretty charming popular and muscular character too very muscular if you know what i'm saying <laughs> and then and then of course then of course uh the song the song ends with uh Maurice coming in coming coming into the bar just to tell the townsfolk that uh her that his daughter Belle is trapped in this castle by this beast but nobody believes him because uh the townsfolk believes that Maurice is insane. This gives Gaston an idea like like this this gives Gaston an idea. So what Gaston really does what well, what he really does he talks to this um he talks to this. Uh, he talks to the to the warden of the town's insane asylum, and the uh, the warden the warden uh, I don't I I don't really remember I can't pronounce his name, but I'm just gonna call. But he's but he's basically the warden of the town's asylum, and he's being he's voiced by Tony J and Gaston makes a deal with this guy that um, he he well well before he makes the deal, he tells the guy that. Um, that uh, Bell's fa- father, Maurice, believes that that Maurice is that Bell is trapped up in this castle with this beast. And then the the warden was like, well, this this uh, well, Maurice is harmless But of course, but of course, but of course, he was able to give he he gives he was able to give in when Gaston was able to finalize the deal. And then the warner was like. So you want you want to throw Belle's father into the asylum in exchange for for marriage, and then the warden was like, "Oh, that is despicable. <laughs> yeah, I love it." So basically, the deal was finalized. Like Gaston just made a deal with those with this warden. Like like he would like like the, like he made a deal with this warden with with the warden saying like. Like the warner's gonna throw Maurice's father into, into the asylum because Maurice is basically, is basically insane because he because because he saw a beast even though nobody believed Maurice. Hey, I believe Maurice. I seen the film. I seen the film. I know what Maurice is talking about. So anyway, later on we cut back to the so we cut back to the we cut back to the castle and Belle is being greeted by Mrs. Potts who uh, Angela Lansbury plays. And then, of course, uh, meets up with Chip, Chip, the talking teacup. <laughs> uh, Chip is pretty. Chip is cute, and uh, Chip is being voiced by Bradley Pierce. And um, also, and a little fun fact: the the filmmakers intended to only have one line for this character, but unfortunately, um, but unfortunately, the filmmakers were impressed with Pierce's performance and expanded the character's role significantly. So that was actually pretty smart of the filmmakers because Chip's got, because Chip's a pretty good talker, I should say. (laughs) He's cute as well. So anyway, so basically, um, Mrs. Potts and Chip were able to cheer Belle up with a, with a nice little cup of tea, just to want to uh, warm her up. And then of course, um, um, Mrs. Potts and Cogsworth tries to invite uh, Belle down for dinner, although unfortunately. Bell denies Bell denies it, and this gets the Beast to get very, very impatient. Like he's in his grumpy mood. He is in a grumpy mood. Like saying, like, like, what's taking her so? Like, what's taking her so long? Why isn't she coming? Why is she coming down? Well, unfortunately, well, unfortunately for, well, unfortunately for you, Beast. Well, Bell, like as I mentioned, Bell is Bell is still upset with the loss of her father. But are you sure? But would she accept the dinner invitation with that tone that you are doing, huh, Beast? Huh? Uh, for sure. well, 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 the, the, well, Mrs. Potts, Lumiere, were are trying to, um, we're trying to help the Beast, like, you know, like, tell, tell the Beast to be more like a gentleman, and then, of course, the smile, like, like, come on, show me the smile, Beast smiles, <laughs> And then of course the ultimate line is basically to control the temper. So um so basically Cogsworth shows up and the Beast thought it was the Beast thought it was Belle, but unfortunately uh, Cogsworth tells the Beast that she's not coming. <laughs> and then, probably my, one of my, probably and this is probably the moment that kind of got me into the laugh a little bit is basically when after Cogsworth says what it cuts to the it cuts to outside and then the Beast was like what it's just so. I'm sorry. I, it got me to laugh a little bit because, because of how, because of how it was set up. Like, uh, like Cogsworth Because you get a shot of Cogsworth, like saying, like, "Uh, she's not coming." And then, and then another shot. We see the door close when outside, and the Beast was like, "What?" And then, and then of course the Beast runs upstairs, bangs on the door to so bangs on the door, asking, demanding, demanding Belle to come down to dinner. Knowing the fact that he even threatened to break down the door, like, dude, man, take a chill pill. Like you're talking, you're talking to a, to, you're talking to a woman in that bedroom. Like show some respect, man. Although of course, does of course, of course, knowing the fact that Beast doesn't really show as much respect during that moment. And then, and then of course, knowing, and then of course, uh, Beast dreadsens Bell to. Well, I, well, technically it was Belle saying like, "No, thank you." And then, the Belle, and then the Beast was like, "You can't stay in that room forever." And then Belle's like, "Yes, I can." Be- then the Beast threatens Belle saying, "Well, Beast is like, go ahead and starve." And then the Be- Beast is like, "If she doesn't eat with me, then she doesn't eat at all." And then of course, Beast leaves, and then Mrs. Potts is like, "Oh dear, that did not go well." Of course, that didn't go well. I mean, the Beast didn't control his temper. He wasn't think he wasn't thinking straight, if you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, Cosworth has Lumiere on, on, uh, on duty. Uh, has Lumiere on duty. Although, knowing the fact, uh, Lumiere does... <clears throat> Lumiere lights things up a bit with... <laughs> he lights things up a bit with, uh, <clears throat> a certain duster. Certain French female duster, if you may. If If I, if <laughs> you may. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, um, uh, Beast goes goes into the West Wing, basically mad, basically mad in himself. And then he he t- he lifts up the mirror and says, "Show me the girl." And then he realizes he looks in the mirror and Belle is talking to what looks to be a wardrobe. Oh, of course, uh, of course, all the inanimate objects in the castle is alive. So, and then the Beast is basically, and then the Beast realizes that that Belle doesn't want to get to know him. More doesn't want to get to know the be- bell doesn't want to get the but doesn't want to get to meet the beast well technically he did well technically she did meet the beast but have a conversation with the beast have a full on conversation getting to know each other and then the beast is like oh, what's the point it's i mean you you see that remorse inside the beast like yeah he's a brute but you do see that bit of remorse like he just realized like what have i done Basically, he's like, he's in this, one of I done moments right now. And then, of course, you do see the uh, a pedal from the rolls falling down, knowing the fact that, yeah, the beast is screwed. So then later on, Belle sneaks out of the room. Lumiere is basically, uh, what looks Lumiere, like, heats the, Lumiere lights it up by, um, making out with a, uh, French female-made duster. And then Lumiere is like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, she has escaped! So then Lumiere, and so then uh, Belle goes downstairs, goes inside the ki- goes inside the kitchen because uh, Belle is hungry. And then uh, Mrs. Potts, sh- and then of course Mrs. Potts shows up. We get Cogsworth and Lumiere. Lumiere even hit even Lu- and Cogsworth introduce themselves to uh, to to Belle. And then uh, and then of course what what leads up is to a very to a classic musical number, be our guest and. It's a very, it's a very fun musical number. Like, it was, it was, it's a nice, fun. it is a fun musical number. Like, it really, it really just, it's just basically, it's just, well, the song speaks for itself. Like, it's elegant, colorful, and energetic. And Belle is having fun with it, knowing the fact that she's inside what looks to be the what well, looks to be the dinner, basically the dinner hall, and she's having a fun time listening not only listen, not only listening to the music, but also the all of the all of the inanimate objects coming together, making the food, making the food, and of course, and and then of course and then of course uh, giving a little bit of a brief back backstory of how um, they became an, they became inanimate objects, how they were once uh, popular in France, and then um, cogs were being tortured oh Cox were being tortured a lot <laughs> which adds to the overall humor so to, so to say but overall the sequence itself is very very beautiful elegant and energetic as well so after that dinner show Lumiere and Cox were, were trying to lead Belle upstairs but Belle is is distracted about the west wing so she decides to take a trip up to the west wing even though Lumiere and Cox were didn't want to do that, but actually before that, uh, they go through they go through an aisle which looks to be uh, different knights in shiny armor. And what was really funny about that is that how they how they turned their heads around, like like the knights are noticing uh, Belle as if they as if they haven't seen a girl or woman in the castle before. And it's really funny because were he looks at all the knights and he said, "As you were," all the knights are just facing back, and it's funny. <laughs> It's pretty funny. So of course, uh, uh, Bell goes into the West Wing. She checks out. All, she checks out like what's in that room. What's supposed to be? What's inside that West Wing? Why is it forbidden? Until she know. Until uh, she until she notices the the rose, and then we get to see why she's not allowed in the West Wing because uh, the beat pops out of nowhere. Which actually turns out to be the beast's room, and the beast covers up the, covers up the rose because, uh, Belle takes the, the glass case off the, off the, off the rose. And the and then the beast threatens Belle, scares Belle out of, out of, out of his room. Like, 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 no, not knowing what Belle was going to do. Like, Belle has no idea. Like Belle has no idea what like Belle has no idea what what she was gonna do. She wasn't gonna do anything. Like, come on. I mean, come on. Why why did the beast scare her like that? She wasn't gonna do any. She wasn't gonna. She wasn't gonna do. She wasn't gonna do anything. She was wondering what's up with that rose. And then, I mean, obviously we know what was up with that rose. And then, and then, and then, of course, like as I mentioned, like she run. And then, of course, the beast. The beast is so angry he forces her to flee the castle. Even and then of course you get another what have I done my dumb moments because the beast just scared just scared Bell because the beast scared Belle away. And and like I imagine, another another what have I done moment. And then we get we get the we get the music from Alan Macon like like as Belle goes down the st- as Belle goes goes down the stairs. And it, i like that and it's actually a pretty interesting moment too, like the vinyl, you hear like the string section doing like the like it's basically Belle going down the stairs, and I like that moment, and that's a very, very nice little touch to, nice little touch of melody to it, because Belle is running away from the castle. Belle is running away from the castle, like, like she leaves with uh, Maurice's horse to get to get out of this, uh, to get out of this castle, but unfortunately she gets ambushed by a bunch of wolves. Like yes, the wolves come, the the pack of wolves come back again, although this time like this time, they have Belle, the, the wolves have Bell cornered. Like, like, let's be, and I'll be honest, she did pick up a good, pretty good fight. Like, she was able to wipe out a couple of wolves, but unfortunately, they got her cornered. They got her cornered until the Beast pops out and and fights off all the wolves. Like, like, dude, dude, this is where the Beast has a bit of a change of heart. Like, he is the. Def- he is protecting bell from the wolves like he gets out of his comfort zone fights off every single wolf like like he's just basically telling he's just basically going out there saying he's, he's basically like you want her that you gotta get through me so yes he fights off all the wolves although he does get injured on he gets he gets a bloody he he gets although he gets a few he gets some he gets he gets cut on his arm so basically multiple scars on his arm and bell was able to attend to the beast's wounds although of course the beast uh, is still angry at the fact knowing the fact that yes it hurts because because he's injured he he got he's got multiple scars and cuts on his arm and and then and then we get this and then the argument comes in saying like the beast is like if you haven't run away this wouldn't have happened and then uh bell's like well if you haven't frightened of me i wouldn't run away but then and then the beast is like well you shouldn't have been in the west wing bell finishes off with the bell finishes off by saying well you well you should have well, well you should learn to control your temper that was the last line so technically bell wins like bell knows what's up like the beast like like the be- like the beast needs to learn how to control his temper and of course he, um of course uh Belle was able to attend to the beast's wounds and says thank you to the beast says says thank you to the beast for saving um for saving Belle's life and then the beast says you're welcome and then that was it that was it like knowing the fact that um yeah that was basically it that was basically it so Basically, the tides that turns. It turns out the beast is starting to learn how to you know be kind and gentle to to be, to not only Belle but also um, other people around him, and and all the and all the inanimate objects like uh, Cogsworth, Lumiere, the 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 handmaiden dust the the female duster, and, and of course a couple, and then of course Chip as well, and a few other one, a few other inanimate objects as well. They were all around. they were all there. They were they were all there seeing this. And then later on, and then later on, we see we see Maurice about to um, about to go back to the castle to find uh, Belle, which also leads to uh, Gaston and LeFou breaking into Maurice's house to find Be- Belle and Maurice, but unfortunately they're gone. And then Gaston leaves LeFou at the house. Well, not inside the house, but at a snowbank in the ho- in, in the house. And he leaves with the warden, and then Lefu's all alone inside a snow inside a, a snowbank and LeFu is like, ah nuts. And then an entire snowbank falls on top of him and he turns into a snowman later on. I hope that wasn't the idea for Josh Gad to play Lefu in the live action remake, because knowing the fact that Josh Gad was all off, the snowman in Frozen I hope that wasn't the idea for, um, for the casting choice of LeFou, Josh Gad for LeFou in live action being the Beast. I hope that wasn't the case. Just saying. So later, so, the, so basically, so basically later on, um, Belle and the Beast are outside, although Belle is basically in the snow, is basically playing around in the snowbank with this, uh, what looks to be a, um, footstool. Although this footstool is actually a dog, and she plays with she plays with the dogs, which is actually a pretty cute moment. Until uh, the beast, uh, until we get a, a shot of the beast at uh, at the top of the balcony, seeing like the uh, the bandage, like the covered up bandage that he has on after um, after after the fight after the fight, and um, and then the beast, like he he never realized th- this moment, like. I never felt anything like this in my life. Like, and then he decides to like, well, I gotta do something for you. I gotta do something. Like, what should I do? Although, of course, um, Cogsworth mentions the promises that you don't really keep. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say it. the Beast doesn't keep too many promises. So Lumiere comes in and is, and says like, no, 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 it has to be very special. So the Beast decides to give Belle his library, and when I mean by library, I'm talking about his, all, like, the books, like, an actual library of books, and because Belle likes books, she loves it so much, and it's, and it's, like, the moments, like, he realizes that this is, this is amazing, like, she likes this, like, because it's a library full of books, and Belle loves books, and then we get another, and then later on, we get another musical number where, um, Uh, Belle and the beast are basically thinking about, like, each other, like, like, the beast is thinking of, like, what's up with, uh, the beast is thinking, like, okay, uh, there's something up with Belle. Then we get Belle saying, like, oh, there's something up with this beast, like, knowing the fact that the beast was, was being a brute, being mean at one point, but somehow turns out to be, turned out to be nice. Like, he's starting to learn how to be nice in front of others. And this is like when they were starting to feed the birds, because, were, because the Beast and Balroffini bird seats the birds, and and it's a very cute moment too, as they are starting to learn, as they start to connect with each other more, and and of course a little bit of a snowball fight as well, which is very funny at the t- which is very funny. And then and then later on, and then later on we got and then later and then of course later on, uh, all the inanimate objects are basically having a conversation, knowing that the Basically having a conversation like, okay, we're gonna have we're gonna set up this beautiful date, we're gonna set up this beautiful date night for for both the Beast and Belle, and then Cogsworth tells everybody their assignments. Of course, everybody leaves because who wants to listen to Cogsworth? Nobody even listens to Cogsworth anyway, which actually leads up to another musical number that was actually cut from the the original release and is actually called Human again, but it was actually restored later on in the in different, and different re-releases on uh, on DVD, and uh, this this was before the um, this is before the, and this is before uh, Belle and the Beast are um, are going on their first date, to just to just to say, and and then of course and then I mean obviously obviously with the song human human again it's just basically all everybody in the castle singing how 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 they'll be human again. Once um, uh, Belle and the Beast are able to love each other. Like, if they, once they do that, then the spell is broken. The spell will be broken. That's the goal. That, and that's really the goal. Like, 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 that's, like, that's the goal. If the Beast and Belle learn to love each other, then the spell is broken. And I love how that musical number really sets that, sets that mood as they're, as they're cleaning up the ballroom for, for a beautiful dance. So then, so then we lead up to what is actually, in my opinion, the best scene in this movie: the entire, the, the dance sequence. And this is basically with with the theme song itself, "Beauty and the Beast," which won the Academy Award for Best Original Song, and it is beautiful. It is a beautiful song, like the music from Alan Menken and Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. They really they really went out strong with this one. Like, like it is a beautiful, beautiful musical number. It literally adds into the overall. It adds into the overall tone. Like it is a beautiful. Like of how, of it adds into the overall beauty and nature to the song, and it, and it fits well with the scene as uh, Belle and uh, the Beast are eating dinner, and then leading up to leading up to the ballroom sequence and. And the entirety of that scene, and the entirety of that sequence, it's all CG. It's basically CGI. They literally add CGI to it, and that was actually amazing. And it's really amazing too. Like, like, like first time around, you don't really see. Like first time around, like, like you, like the first time around when I saw that for when I saw this movie for the first time, like. It's it's beautiful. Like I, I don't have a. Pro- it's it's literally beautiful, and I like it. But what I didn't realize growing up and learning more about this movie is that that CGI that, that CGI was added to this movie, and it was used and was not only used with computer generated imagery, but it was also used. But it was also composite again. It was also composite using Pixar's caps and knowing what caps is. It's basically a computer animation production system, which is basically a digital scanning ink paint and, compos- and, comp- comp- and it's basically a, a, a it's basically a digital scanning ink paint among many other different hardware softwares developed for Disney by Pixar. And and the way how they use it, like it's it's is used to allow the production crew to simulate multiplane effects placing characters and or backgrounds on separate layers and moving them towards or away from the camera on the Z-axis to give the illusion of depth as well as altering the focus of each layer. So they also use camera visuals, sweeping camera visuals and of course camera dollies as well to add in a simulated 3D space combine, combining with traditional animation and that is beautiful it literally holds up to this day like like and and it's not even the first time uh uh, it's not even the first time it's, it's not even the first time because um uh the rescuers down under also use a similar the similar technique as well the same can be said with the little mermaid and and of course the great Mouse detective as well and and for beauty and for Beauty and the Beast, they went all out with that. Like it's it's really holds up. The CGI for the ballroom dance sequence is beautiful. And it holds up very well. And which, which explains why. I which explains why the enti- the ballroom dance sequence is the best scene in Beauty and the Beast. So so after the so after dancing, uh uh, Belle Bell and the bees are having a nice little conversation. Uh, and then this brings up to the moment where Belle still misses her father, which gives the bees an idea to show Bell the 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 mirror. And she tells the, she she tells the mirror to, "I like to see my father, please." Like she sees her father her father in in, in a storm. like she's like like he's passed like he passed out in the storm. She's worried that her father might be dead, so Belle decides to. Uh, well, actually, the Beast was able to free Belle, and Belle leaves to to rescue her father, and she was able to find her father and bring him back and bring and bring and bring him back to the house. But unfortunately, what Belle doesn't realize is that LeFu is uh, that LeFou is a snowman himself, and he he sees the and he spies on the two and he's like oh they're back. Lefou Lefou goes back to Gaston. Be- Belle and Maurice were able to see each other for the first time in forever, and of course and of course a stowaway hat A stowaway appears and who's this, who's the stowaway? May I ask? Well, it turns out to be Chip, because uh, Chip sneaks off and he he, he was wondering. Belle, why did why did you leave? Why'd you leave? Like why'd you leave? Well no she hasn't rescued her father, of course. And then and then of course even the other op, even the other objects like Mrs. Potts, Cogsworth and Lumiere, um, they were like He let Belle go? But what about the spell? How like, how, is, how is the spell gonna be broken? Although of course like the love is there, but he the th- like Beast was able to learn to love again. But unfortunately, you know, the spell, like, Belle has to love him in return, has to love the beast in return. So then, later on, so then, of course, uh, going back to the house for a second, like, like, uh, Belle and her father back home, of course, Chip is there too, unfortunately, and then, of course, uh, a knock on the door happens, and it turns out that the warden from the asylum is there, like, he was, he was going to take Belle's father to the asylum. And then, uh, all the townsfolk although many of the town although all the townsfolk were there and they were like yeah they were like they were they all have like pitchforks and torches like they were like yeah yeah we're gonna throw we're gonna throw we're gonna throw Bell's father in the asylum because um Maurice is crazy because Maurice Maurice because they all think Maurice is crazy. Unfortunately he's not even that crazy. Come on guys like I said I seen the movie Maurice has seen the beast and then Bell steps in Bell steps in, tells the townsfolk, My father's not crazy and I can prove it. And then he she holds the mirror and and literally shows everybody, the beast. and all the townsfolk were like, we're like, What? The beast is real? Is he is the beast dangerous? Although Bell's like, no, 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 Listen, listen, I was able to like, No, no. The beast is kind and gentle. He's not what he seemed to be until Gaston steps in and is like, If I were you, I'm pretty sure you have feelings for this beast. And then, and then, and then, of course, and then, of course, like, the Gaston believes that the beast is a monster. Of course, the beast is a monster, but Belle does not see that anymore because the beast was able to learn to love. And then Belle calls Gaston a monster. Belle calls, calls Gaston a monster. Oh, no, 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 not a monster. The monster. Because Gaston, the villain himself is, is the, the villain himself is the monster. Yeah. And then this gets Gaston to, to get so wrathful. Like, he literally takes the mirror from Belle, literally warns the people saying, Oh, you're, she's crazy as the old man. And then, like, he goes out, he, he literally tells the top people, like, like, this beast will come after you in night. I say we kill the beast! Don't, so this leads up to another musical number, which is basically "Kill the Beast," and oh my goodness, like I can't tell which villain song from this movie is the best. Uh, Gaston's theme or the "Kill the Beast." I can't tell you which one's the best. I say it's a tie, but I say in my opinion it's a tie. But hey, um, hey, but hey, it's your call. So this leads up to basically um, Gaston leading uh, leading a mob up to. The beast's castle because they're gonna kill the because they're gonna kill the beast. It's in this it's in it's in the song. It's the title of the song itself. You know what I'm talking talking about? Like they're gonna kill. They're they're like they're gonna go kill the beast. Belle tries to stop them. is like and, Belle, and Gaston's and Gaston like, well, if you're not with us, then you're against us. So so they threw so Gaston throws Belle and Maurice inside uh, what looks to be the basement of, of of the of the of the house and then. And then all the, the townspeople were, were marching over to the castle with guns, knives, torches, pitchforks, Lafou and Gaston leading the way. And then, and then of course, Chip was able to use, uh, Maurice's invention. That, I can't believe that came back. <laughs> I can't believe that came back <laughs> into the fold. <laughs> and it was able to, um, break the door open. It was able to chop the door open. Ah, <laughs> uh, so funny, man. Come on. So funny. <laughs> and, I like this moment for Chip after he, he used the invention and he was like, You guys gotta try this. Oh, oh, you, oh, oh, we will eventually, Chip. But you did. You did, Chip. You were able to cut it open. You were able to chop it open. <laughs> so, anyway, once, so anyway, uh, once the mob were able to get to the castle, even all the inanimate objects no, noticed everything noticed it too like Lumiere was like sacred blue we got a huge mob coming by we got a huge mob coming by so um so basically once everybody was there uh, all, all the objects were basically acting casual I should say and then uh, this leads up to a brawl a brawl in the castle where everybody is fighting all the inanimate objects like 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 <laughs> Like we get one of the mob, one of the mob members getting hit in, the, hit in the head with different pots and pans. One guy getting getting a, getting his face stuck in a, stuck in a mop, like he's getting his getting his face washed up. And then some and then some dude gets eaten by a treasure chest. And then another moment and then and then another moment where Mrs. Potts and all the and all, and all the chips brothers and sisters were pouring hot tea on top of the mob. And then this leads to another mo- this leads to another moment where the wardrobe. War turns one of the guys in. Uh, well, I guess the moment speaks for itself. But, um, but also, um, LeFou burnt, almost melts, uh, a Lumiere. Like, LeFou almost melts Lumiere into, um, melted wax, but thankfully Cogsworth was able to come in and poke, um, LeFou in, in, in the butt with scissors and then, um, and then Lumiere was able to rescue his, uh, his female made duster. I forgot what the, I forgot what the duster's name was, but if you probably know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Talking about. Because this guy was, uh, this guy was, uh, pulling off the feathers of the duster, but of course, Lumiere burns the guy, burns the guy and rescues the duster. And then, um, and then later, and then later on, the footstool dog was, uh, the footstool dog stole the foo shoe and and he's basically cornered in, into the kitchen. And there's also a continuity error in that moment too, because um, the shots where the dog's being chased by Lafu and the and the mob, basically, basically you see the you see you don't see Lafu's shoe on. You see his he's, you see his bare foot because the dog has got the shoe in his mouth. Although, um, of course once the mob comes into the kitchen, you see. The the next shot you see is the shoe back on, so so there's your so there's your continuity error because the dog still got the shoe, but the shot you see where they enter the kitchen, where the where Lefou and the other guys enter the kitchen, the shoe is on. So what's up with that? So there's your continuity error. Although of course uh the of so although, although of course the entire kitchen were able to scare off scare Lefou and everybody else away. So, uh, so, and then of course all the townsfolk and the, uh, and the pro, and, and, and then the mob flee, flee cowardly. Everybody cheers and the cockroach is like, and stay out! <laughs> and that's basically it. That's basically the fight. The fight itself is very humorous. Although of course it does get a little bit of an update in the live action remake, which is also still good and fun, and fun at the same time. And then this leads up to the final showdown between, um between Gaston and the Beast, and I will tell you this: like the Beast is very defenseless at this moment because because the because at the moment where Belle leaves, the Beast is depressed. Like he misses Belle, he missed her. But unfortunately, Gaston literally shoots him. Well, shoots him in the back with an arrow. Like holy cow! And and literally knocks him out of the literally kicks him out of the window. He kicks him out of the window. Gee many crickets! Like like the Gaston is ready to guess Gaston is ready to turn the beast into he's ready to turn beat the beast into a carpet. Like he's ready. He's ready to turn the beast into a into a little carpet and have his head mounted on a wall. Like he is so ready for that. And until he until, until a conversation happens with uh, Gaston asking the Beast, "What's the matter? Too kind and gentle to fight back?" But of course, uh, Belle returns, which gives the Beast the Beast the ultimate strength that he needed to take out Gaston. Although um, although uh, although the Beast was able to throw a few punches, able to throw him around a little bit until Gaston kicks him out. Ah, kicks him out of bounds, leading into what looks to be a bunch of vulture statues all sitting there. And then, and then, the, and then Gaston uses what looks to be a, a broken gargoyle, shard, a sharded gargoyle of some sort, to smash the heads. And then Gaston's like, "Come on out and fight!" And then, and then he wants the beast to fight. So then the beast pops and blends in with all the vulture statues. And then he comes out from behind and literally. L- literally, literally knocks him to to the roof. He, the beast, knocks Gaston to the roof, and then the and then grabs him by the throat, and then Gaston begs the beast to literally let him go. Like, and I know, I'm not talking about let him go, like like let him die. I'm talking about like just like listen, listen, I'll leave, I'll leave, please, I'll do anything. I'm dying. Just guess in a moment, like like the beast was ready to kill kill Gaston, but you know, in a little bit of act of kindness he brings it back and then the beast is like beast tells Gaston to get out and just throws him off to the side <laughs> and then Belle and the beast reconnect again but unfortunately Gaston stabs the beast in the back but unfortunately Gaston loses his footing and falls and falls off and literally falls down to his demise into a ravine and then I don't know if you would consider this a fun fact. I don't, know if this is, I don't think this is a fun fact. But, the, but at the moment, you realize... But, the, but, the, but there is a moment in this movie, and if you pause at the moment, like at the shot where you see the ravine, the background of the ravine, there is an extreme close-up shot of the Gaston's face. And what you really see is is his pupil his eye pupils like inside his eye pupils are skull and crossbones like i'm not even kidding if you pause at the moment where you see Gaston's face in an extreme close up shot with the with the background of the ravine and with the background of the ravine you see a skull and crossbones inside Gaston's eyes if the fall didn't kill him then if the fall into if the the if the the if, go- if landing in the ravine didn't kill him, then the fall did. Then the fall did. Like, it looks like... Like, you can debate about that all you want, but I'm just telling you that. Like, if you pause at the moment, you if you pause at the moment where you see Gaston's extreme close-up shot, you'll see a skull and crossbones inside uh, Gaston's eye pupils. Not even joking. And... I'm not I'm not kidding around and I'm not even I'm not making this up. It's it's really true. So anyway, um so anyway, this does lead up to a very sad moment where um the um where of course the um the beast uh, where of course the beast and Belle have one final conversation and the beast is wounded. He 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 literally, like, he, he is wounded. He, and he's having a hard time breathing, knowing the fact that he got stabbed in the back. And the Beast is, well, happy to see Belle again, but knowing the fact that he, he was able to see her one last time, and of course, um, then of course, like, the Beast dies. Like, he was able, like, like, he was happy to see her again one last time and it's so sad it's so sad because the, because we see the beast die in front of bell in front of Belle, it's so sad it's really sad and the music adds to the emotion as well like it's so emotional and and of course this leads up to the final pedal dropping knowing the fact that it's over Like it's over. We're never gonna become human again. Like the the, all the all all the inanimate objects are not gonna become human again. And then of course, um, Belle professes. Belle was able to profess her love to the Beast, and she she literally lays by the Beast. She literally stays with the Beast. Like like she wants to wants the Beast back. She wants to see see the Beast again, but. After but what Belle doesn't notice is that she professed her love to the beast, meaning that the love came back, like the, like love in return. like like the love comes back. like like the thing like like the, it's there. like she was able to profess her love. like 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 as I mentioned, to break the curse, the beast must learn to love Belle. and earn her love in return before the last petal falls from the chains of rose. Or else the last, pet, or else he will remain a monster forever. To which Belle was able to return the love. Now they both, now they both loved each other. Like the Beast was able to show love, and Belle was able to return the favor. Like Belle loves the Beast, and then of course, of course we all know what comes next. The spell was, the spell was broken. Like we see, like the magic coming down. The magic is coming down. Well, it looks to be like, uh, it looks to be the, the basically well, it looks to be a little bit like fireworks, but, but for what you know, it's like, it's it's basically the spell coming, coming, coming to break the curse. Like the curse is broken. The music adds to the attention. It's like a triumphant music. Like, like we see the beast being floated up in the air, and he he turns from this monstrous beast into into a human into a prince a human prince and and it's the and it's the moment where and it's the moment where you are cheering man you are cheering you are cheering for you are cheering that he that he's back that this is the prince this is literally the prince and and i can't imagine i can't imagine what the theater reaction to this like I can't ima- I can't imagine the theater reaction to that. Like real like you're seeing the the beast transform into a human again. Like that I can't imagine the theater. Like I can imagine I I can I can imagine the theater already coming up already applauding knowing the fact that the spell is broken. The spell is broken. The 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 the, the beast is a human now. He is a human prince. Right. He is a human prince right now. And, of course, uh, the prince sees Belle telling telling her that it's me. It's me. And then Belle takes a moment and sees him. And, of course, he sees uh, the prince's eyes because it's blue eyes because the beast had blue eyes. So did the prince. And, of course, Belle's like, it is you. And, and then, of course, uh, Belle and the prince share a kiss. And then the spell is broken. The, the spell is broken. Everybody is human again. Which leads up to another to the final ballroom sequence where everybody where everybody is ba- where where is basically human again. And of course the townsfolk were able to come back for one last celebration. And then of course uh Cogsworth and uh, Lumiere again. get into a little bit of a fight saying, ah, what, 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 uh what I Hey, what did I say? I told you so. Oh no 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 I told you so Oh no 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 get over here Come on come on I told you so first no I told you so first Well, then of course we get a cute moment from Chip where um, he asks uh, his mom if he still needs to uh, sleep in the cupboard again, which is actually pretty funny. (laughs) Which is actually pretty funny, knowing fact that hey, Chip is human again, which leads up to um, which leads up to the which leads up to the outro of the Beauty and the Beast theme song. And uh, also a fun fact. uh, the animators reused the same animated anime sequence from Sleeping Beauty because the final scene in Sleeping Beauty sees a uh, uh, princess Aurora and the prince uh, dancing dancing in the ballroom, and if you actually notice it right away, uh, they they reuse the final dance sequence in Sleeping Beauty for Beauty and the Beast, and the reason why that and the, and the reason why that was the the reason why that was the case, because uh, because this was done because the production of the film was nearing the deadline, and the, and and it was the easy way, and they had to go for the easy way out, so they decided to use the final dance sequence between between Princess Aurora and Prince Philip from Sleepy Beauty to add in for the for the final for the final dance sequence for Beauty and the Beast because they had to meet a deadline, and that was the easiest way to do that sequence. So, there's your reason right there. And then, of course, the film ends. And, and of course, that's the end of the film. That's basically it. That is basically Beauty and the Beast. Boy, that was a lot to talk about. But you know what? For, but you know what? Like I said, but you know what? It is worth it. Like, Beauty and the Beast, to this day, holds up. The 1991 animated classic from Walt Disney Pictures still holds up to this day. And I'm actually glad my parents went to see this movie. I mean, it is it is amazing. Like like it is amazing that that my parents were went to see this movie. They they really love this. They really love this movie. And that's that's the reason why I want to talk about. That's why I want to talk about this movie. And it's real good. It's real it's really good. And of course, knowing the fact that did they did a live action remake as well, which is also good. Even though that one's got flaws, but I still enjoy that as well. My parents even enjoyed it as well, too. Heck, I, I even went to see that movie. I went to see the live-action remake in theaters back in 2017. So there's something right there. I mean, of course, it also had sequels as well. And even though the sequels didn't uh, go up to par with what the original had, but hey, you know, you know, you know, it made the original made money. So you, you do realize it's going to expand into a franchise. And then of course, and then, and then of course it is one of the best Disney movies to come out of the Renaissance period. To come out of the Renaissance period, it is re- it, it is one of those films that really redefine the not only the Walt Disney film, the films from Walt Disney animated films, but also, um, but also, but also um, bringing back the Disney vibe as well. Because in the past, Disney, the the Disney films back in the past really struggled to. Um, capture like the same style that Walt Disney had but they were able to find their way back and I'm glad uh uh I'm glad the, the animators and the people behind uh, Beauty and the Beast were able to bring back the classic Disney vibe to it and and Beauty and the Beast really really did that thing I mean like I said it, w- it became the first animated film to be nominated for best picture and then And that really is something, too. What was not only the first animated film, but it was also the second Disney film overall to be nominated for Best Picture. Because back in uh, in 1964, Mary Poppins was nominated for Best Picture, and it became the first Disney movie to be nominated for Best Picture as well. Beauty and the Beast, not only the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture, but, but also the second film overall. To be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, so that is something right there. So anyway, that is my uh, take on *Beauty and the Beast*. And and uh, Mom, Dad, if you are able to uh, listen to this episode, I hope you I hope you enjoyed this episode as well. If you ever come across this episode, I hope you enjoy this episode because this recording is for you guys, really. And I'm actually glad you you both were able to see this movie. You you both you both were able to. I'm glad you both were able to see this movie. And I really enjoyed and I really enjoyed uh, talking about this movie as well. And of course, seeing the film as well because I still love this movie to. I still love this movie to this day. I'm I'm, I'm glad and I'm glad I'm able to record this episode. While so while also giving while also breaking down this movie as well. So I'm glad that I'm able that I'm able to. To, I'm am glad I'm able to talk to talk about this movie as well. So so anyway, so anyway, mom dad, this episode this recording is for you. That so anyway, that covers this episode episode for not only season 5 episode 21 of Kodo Cinema but also episode 145 of Kodo Cinema as a whole. Because we just reached 145 episodes and that is amazing. So that is something right there and I'm glad I was able to talk about beauty and the beast for, for this episode. So anyway, that's all for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in to Koto Cinema. I'm your host, Barb Koto, a.k.a. Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.